Good evening, everybody. <laughs> Hello, this is the Kaiju Transmissions Podcast. I am your co-host, Kyle Bird, and of course, my uh, trusty co-host, Pat Parmley, is also in the house. Also, I am. Yeah, you are in the house. Um, <laughs> also... Uh, in the house is returning guest host Trevor Snyder. How are you, Trev? Uh, I'm doing well enough, I suppose. <laughs> That's good. That's better than some of us are doing. Yeah. Uh, when Trev this is shows... an episode, I this is an episode I advocated to be on a long time ago, and I'm starting to learn that I should just keep my mouth shut. Yeah. <laughs> Did you remember doing that? I yeah I did. Once you brought it up, I was like, oh yeah yeah. But then you know, uh, you know, sometimes you just say something, and then months later you go, well, what did I say? What did I agree to? Yeah. Um. Yeah. When Trev shows up, you know, it, it, half the time when Trev shows up, it's because we're talking about like the worst <laughs> movies or something. Uh. So. Uh, I guess that's a taste of things to come. Uh, now, Matt, what do you want to start with? You want to start with this, uh, this crowdfunding thing? Yeah, so, uh, and, and Bird, you, you come in and, and yell at me if I get some of these details wrong, but Soho, uh, posted on social media about this, uh, crowdfund where fans, quote unquote, can, uh, Support, uh, support the uh, the Godzilla franchise and pay for and donate their own money to have Toho build a new Gigan suit that I'm sure will show up around various promotional events and some sort of like short film kind of thing, much like the uh, Godzilla vs. Fog Monster we got last year. And of course, uh, it seems like at least half the fandom seems to be thinking this is a great idea. <laughs> I'm kind of like... Uh, disgusted by it in a way because you're talking about a billion dollar corporation asking fans to pitch in their own money to do something for the fans like basically fans paying for something that we want to do ourselves like Toe can afford this they just you know this isn't about fandom this is about you know corporation and, and greed and Toho wanting to uh, basically sell their own IP back to fans and then sell it to them again in the form of like <laughs> There's like an X plus toy being released as part of it, and it's just I, I don't know. It's gross. Who's in charge of Toho these days? Zach Braff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a bizarre decision. Um, 
I mean, usually any crowdfunding thing is just like a whatever. I mean, even even directors will crowdfund because you know studios always don't want don't always want to give them money. But uh, for a studio to crowdfund to make a new monster suit for a short film is crazy. Especially, I don't know. I don't know if everyone stateside realizes just how big of a company toho is but it, it, it's they're like war they're in Jap- they're like the warner brothers of japan this would be like they're, if warner they're brothers. worth a billion dollars it'd be like going to to you know jeff bezos and ask and him asking us to give him more money to make something that we already want like it doesn't we do that enough already <laughs> i was gonna say by the way that's jeff bezos is not above that by the way but. oh yeah that's that's straight out of the amazon playbook so it's like i don't know and then you know there's there's been a whole Hublu thing on Facebook where like fans are, oh, I'm for this. This is really cool. You can be more connected to the fandom this way. And I'm like, no, I'm not giving Toho more money. I buy enough stupid Godzilla merchandise. I think it's like this is my first time hearing about it, but I think it's just strange to hear that it would be connected to like a suit designed for promotional purposes and like a short film. I mean, it'd be one thing if it was like, well, we're going to do this crowdfunding thing and we're going to make some kind of like fun online movie that the fans can get a say on like some of the creative decisions. Although we're about to talk about a movie that says maybe fan driven projects aren't always the best idea, <laughs> but still it seems like for all this hubaloo about like just what is, you know, you said maybe a short film that seems lame. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and to give you more context, uh, last year for the anniversary of Godzilla versus Hedera, they, they did a, uh, a short film, all practical effects, um, using the old suits, which are almost 20 years now, from Godzilla Final Wars. Um, and, I don't know, fan. It, it was it was just like a fight scene with, with the monsters. And uh, fans seemed to receive it rather well. And um, now they're like, oh, we want to do another one, but we want to make a new suit and you can pay for it. And like, I don't know, they're like their spin is like, you can be a part of this thing. And you know, what's even, you know, what's even funnier is that they pulled that short off YouTube like a month later. And apparently it was always supposed to only be available for like a month. (laughs) So, so if that's what they're doing again, uh, you get to the the audience gets to pay for the suit, get a short film that's probably just gonna be like you know two monsters fighting, and then that's gonna be if you if you don't save it, uh, when it drops, that's gonna be out for like a month. <laughs> well, we're gonna talk about the weirdness of social media decisions in Toho here in a second, but let me let me go through some of the other details. So. The, the new suit is going to be made by uh, Shinichi Wakasa, who's, I mean, he's... He's a, he's a master suit maker. Uh, yeah, so, like, that that's, I mean, that's the coolest thing about it. But uh, the other, the short film is going to be made by Kazuhiro Nakagawa. Um, I believe, he did, did he do the, the, the hetero short last yeah. year? So, um, he's back in action. But the, the tiers, right? So, whenever you do crowdfunding, you get these little reward tiers. So oh, you God, get, like, I haven't even looked at this. Uh, t-shirt the one can spend like 350 bucks us dollars on is uh, a new sculpted figure by x plus of gigan so again they're not just paying like 
You're not just paying for the suit and the well, production. They're, of the so, yeah, they're, they're pandering also... to collectors too. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and I just, it's gross because like, what happens when that same sculpt that a fan's paying for and the next plus is going to release? I don't. Now, there's no indication if X plus is going to release it like separately, but I kind of imagine they will. So you're going to be a fan. You're going to pay to have the right to buy this figure for 300 bucks, and then you're also going to have to then per, like. It's going to also then be released to the public for probably less than that because most CX Plus stuff starts at like two hundred. <laughs> so I don't know. This this is a, <laughs> this is like if Warner Brothers were like, we want to make a new Batman short. You can crowdfund the new Bat suit, and it'll wind up in a short film, and you know you'll see it at pro- promotional events, and then. Uh, after like a month, we might pull the short film offline. But by the way, if they said that short film was set in the Snyderverse, they would get like a billion dollars. Oh yeah, so that yeah, well that's that's the thing. you get a very <laughs> similar vibe sometimes from from Godzilla fans. Yeah, that's the all about thing it. about this. That's what's kind of gross about this in a sense. As, as Bird was just alluding to, you know, especially the last few years, I think we've seen a lot of the good and the bad of like crowdfunding. And I don't just want to like completely poo-poo the idea of crowdfunding in general, because I think, especially as a as a horror movie fan, you know, over the last few years, I've seen a lot of like young filmmakers and mm-hmm. like YouTubers who decided to make their first horror movie. Like, it's pretty actually kind of cool to see like the horror community rally behind them and, and crowdfund these movies that otherwise wouldn't have been made. And you know, and then they just end up getting like a you know little Blu-ray or a digital file of it or something. And at least it gets out there in the world. So I'm not I'm not like anti-crowdfunding, but there are certain ones where you can tell it's being weaponized by corporations in kind of a, a gross way. And I'm sure, you know, maybe this is just like an experiment to them to see if they can use it in a lot, in a different way later. But yeah, it's always weird when you get the sentence, it's not necessary. And then like the perks are not quite matching up to what they're asking for. Um, and this one, you know, even, even just hearing about it, that's, it, I don't know. It does, it does sound very, very strange to yeah, me. It, yeah. I, what I, it, I, it's, it's really bizarre for, a corporation to ask to crowdfund something that is in yeah. is like their own IP. <laughs> That's really strange. I, I think uh, the best uh, theory that I've heard, which we, we were talking about this in a Godzilla chat with uh, Kevin Derendorf, and he does. Uh, he's been a frequent guest on our show and wrote Kaiju for Hipsters, runs a Maze Patrol blog and podcast. I've but been on with Kevin. Like, I've been on with Kevin. Yeah, and he said basically his thought is like Nakagawa or somebody was like, "Hey, I want to make this." short film kind of like we did last year with hetera until it was like yeah you can make it if you can find a way to pay for it <laughs> and Toho is all about the money i mean like and here, here's the other thing about toho they have in the past four or five years they have put an astronomical amount of merchandise out not just in japan but they have been shilling the godzilla license to anybody and everybody in the u.s who would take it so we got like super seven and spiral studios xm studios and all these companies putting out a ton of godzilla mondo merch. mondo does a whole lot of stuff yeah, so like Toho's just basically, you know, rack, racking in all the cash hand over fist. And it's like, they don't need fans to give them additional money. So well, just, weren't you at a store the other day and you found Godzilla socks? There's like, there, yeah, I was at GameStop and uh, <laughs> they have Godzilla socks. There's Godzilla underwear. They have Godzilla scotch. Uh, they have <laughs> Godzilla and Kong hot sauce. Candy. There's a, uh, I mean, it's just, this there, stuff was so uh, when stuff. I, when I was a kid. None of this stuff existed at all. Like 
what I'm saying is Toho doesn't need any more of your money any more than like Jeff Bezos and Amazon does. Like, don't do them any favors and support this. That That's my take. I mean, I want to see Wakasa make a Gigan suit because I think that's awesome. And I'd love to see Nakagawa make another short film. But here's the other thing. The short film they made last year was garbage. Like, it was it was a fun diversion, diversion but if you look at the, the production quality of the movie, they rolled out a really old promotional suit from Godzilla Final Wars. It looked like crap. The mouth was, like, flapping around. Yeah, he couldn't close his mouth, probably because yeah, it's a it promotional was, suit, and, you know, it doesn't have the animatronics in it or anything like that. They wanted to use... They wanted to spend, like, three cents on that. And they're going to do the same thing here. Like, there's nothing about this that tells me all the money you're giving is even going to go towards the movie. They're probably going to pocket 75% of it to give Nakagawa, <laughs> like, $100. It's, like, the biggest, like, benefit of the doubt you could give them is that you know, the only argument I could see in favor of this, and, and I'm about to say why it doesn't work, but the only argument I could see is that maybe it, for them it's like somewhat like proof of concept or like a test to see how much is the fan base actually like rabid still for practical effects Godzilla, right? Like that, that's the only like where you're like, well, maybe they want to see when we, when we, instead of going the CGI route or whatever the hell, you know, you know, is, is happening in Hollywood or even in stuff like Shin Godzilla, like, if we were going to still make a completely suit-driven Godzilla film, would there be a fan base for that? So let's see if people would give us the money ahead of time. But if they're not even like teasing that, and if the best they're doing is just like saying, well, we're going to make short films with like these like crap suits, well, then that's not really a great proof of concept for that anyway. So I doubt that's the train of thought. That's the <laughs> only train of thought that would even make sense in my head at all. Yeah, th- well, that, yeah, that would make sense until who doesn't, like, so rarely does things that make sense logically, and they rarely seem to care about the best things for fans. And I, I submit to you the Criterion Godzilla release where Toho was like, yeah, we're going to give you the bare bones minimum, and you're going to pay us a bunch of money, and fans are just going to have to suck it up and deal with it. Like, they had the ability to allow Criterion to get the 4K remastered version of King Kong, and instead they give them the the, the terrible transfer that looked like it's ripped from a VHS at times. Like That was an old Laserdisc transfer. For King they, Kong they versus Godzilla, that's what people don't get it. They they care about the paycheck and not the fans. So when yeah. when when a Godzilla fan says otherwise, I'm sorry, but they're just they're full of crap. It's not true. Yeah. It, well, and if if people are wondering what kind of sense that makes, they do stuff like that to prevent uh, reverse importing, because like those 4K transfers have not been made available in Japan yet. So if they give them to Criterion in America, that means people in Japan will import the criterion release instead of getting their own instead of getting you know the toho discs that are out over there so to so to the 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 fear of reverse importation is like something they like don't want yeah but the jokes on toho people recorded the 4k transfer and it looks glorious by the way and even though it's not quite 4k but it's been broadcast like you can get it for free on the interwebs now so like, it, it's never going to look as good as it will be if you have like a 4K player. But I mean, one, a lot of people still don't have that. Two, most people don't have TVs big enough to even recognize the difference at this point. So like, it's it's already available in the wild. Anyway, my my point being like, Toe ain't does not care about fans. Like anybody that says Toe cares about the fans, this is for the fans. Like none of that's true. It's it's well, crap. They, like they, every it's corporation, just, they're in the business of making money. Yes, that is that's correct. So uh, I think that's a good segue into the weirdness of social media and Soho. And I want to turn to Trev, because Trev has brought this up a couple of times. Uh, the Twitter account for the official the official Godzilla official Toho Twitter account is uh, 
pure madness. Hmm. But I'm kind of curious, Trev, like you, you brought up a couple things that um, you thought were just weird about it. So I'm going to gonna pivot to you and just kind of get your initial thoughts. Well, I mean, to be fair, it's been a long time since I've seen, since I kind of stopped paying attention to it. But I know this was like a, a kind of a constant uh, level of discussion between us, you know, in particular around the, the, like last year, around the release of Godzilla versus Kong. Um, I think like a lot of us were paying attention to that account because it seemed like it was especially going crazy at that point. <laughs> and it, it's just started to like, it started to really draw my attention and I would like post a lot of them in the, sh- the shared like messenger thread we're all in because it seemed at a certain point to be less a promotional tool for Godzilla and more perhaps some bored intern who's been given like the account <laughs> and is just trying to amuse themselves. and. You know, you'd think like what, what what would the official Toho Godzilla account Twitter feed be most beneficial in terms of its usage, right? And you would think that would be prim- primarily promoting uh, product, you know, um, perhaps drawing attention back to some of the older movies, you know, having maybe um, you know, like maybe every day like a thread that's like, uh, hey, let's take a look at some behind the scenes stories about a classic Godzilla movie, and instead it seemed to be like a lot of very very corny jokes and a lot of um, like bad memes. And, uh, you know, like, it'd be like just a gif of like, you know, like, like Rodan punching Godzilla and it'd be like Mondays. Right. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, you know, like, so I, I do you remember any, like the particular, like the, like, especially like any particular ones, but I just know like we were just like constantly, I'm going to pull it up. Uh, and it started to like, and it started to like kind of draw my attention to just how like a lot of social media feeds in general are, are used that way. But it just seems so again, so bizarre that. But I mean, I guess there is something to be said. Uh, this, this is the conversation worth having is, are we just like out of touch to where we don't realize that maybe that is the best usage of that Twitter account? Maybe that is what draws them for that sort of audience. Maybe that's, you know, better than the more historical and more, uh, you know, traditional kind of usage I'm kind of advocating for. Uh, it's a good question. I, I still don't like, and, and like you kind of alluded to, it's not just the Godzilla account this like no, this. It, it seems now, like almost every like brand or yeah. uh like um almost br- every brand account every like company well, account is like now, that that i've been now paying with. See, this is the one I'm, I'm more familiar with now because i've been showing this to you guys a lot lately is the official jurassic park tiktok account <laughs> So uh, I think I'm the only th- of the three of us who's on TikTok. I find TikTok to be pretty fun. You know, I do the t- I do the traditional. I think what a lot of TikTok users do, I look at it for about like 20 minutes every night before I go to bed. Um, and then I just started. I don't know how my algorithm was like. Um, I, I don't know. My algorithm was like, hey, we know you didn't even see the last Jurassic Park movie, but for some reason we're going to bring this up in your algorithm because you like the other ones, I guess, or some of them. Uh, and I started getting the the TikTok feed for Jurassic uh, World or whatever, right? And at first, like the initial, I think, uh, you know, kind of TikToks for them were just like little brief snippets of the trailer for the new movie. And then they started kind of following TikTok trends. And I think you guys are at least, you know, vaguely familiar with TikTok. TikTok, like what will happen on TikTok is some kind of sound, you know, whether it be a clip of a song or a little bit of dialogue from a show or an award show or something that just went viral. Uh, Everyone will do like their like edits of it where they'll use that sound and they'll like film a scene around it. Or they'll just kind of do some like comedic kind of bit with it, and the Jurassic Park account started doing that. So you had like, you know, like there's that song. It was like, uh, or it would just be like that song in a loop where it's like, I could be yellow, I could be, and then they were just like, I could be blue, I could be blue, I could be blue, and they just kept showing blue the raptor, <laughs> and then 
And then there was like, so it was like stuff like that where they're taking like the little TikTok songs and setting Jurassic Park scenes to it. So it's like, okay, I guess that's vaguely amusing. And then it just took a wild turn where it went on a long run where, I'm, again, this is, you know, this is the land of interns. You know, those like kind of like blow up dinosaur suits that people wear in like parades yeah. and at sporting yeah. events. The, like now the Jurassic Park TikTok <laughs> account is literally like a dude wearing one of those, like a T-Rex blow up suit. Like chasing like a mod, like a, a remote control Jurassic Park Jeep in a park, and then they dub in like the sound of must go, must go faster, must go faster from the movie. Or it's just like the dude wearing the dinosaur suit dancing in a bathroom. And I'm like, what is happening? This is the official Jurassic Park account. The movie comes out this year, and this is how they're promoting the film. And again, I, you know, it's dumb, but I guess they are just leaning into what TikTok is. So it's probably decent for engagement, but it just it just shows how much things have changed to where, you know, as a, as a child of the eighties, I remember the kind of marketing bonanza blitz of like Batman 89. And then I'm like, Oh my God, now we're just to like these like dumb 20 second stupid jokes on TikTok, And that's all it takes. I suppose. I'm, I'm on the Twitter account right now. And there's a, there's a post and it just says, here comes the plane. And it's a, it's a clip of Godzilla's mouth opening with the camera coming close to it. And I'm just like, I don't, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that a joke? I, <laughs> I don't know. That's the thing. It's like it would be one thing if you could tell what they were going for, but if it's a joke, it's very confusing. I got one in front of me where it's uh, Godzilla and Space Godzilla uh, facing off with like the crystals in between them, and then the caption just says, "Um, I don't think those are healing crystals." Okay, <laughs> like <what? laughs> Trev, you asked. You know, does this seem? weird to us because we don't get it and you know people our age are you know i mean we're we're feeling more ancient by the day but i i think it's it's more people our age trying to uh like fit in with like the younger culture and like it's 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 like you know when you know a boomer tries to talk to you about you know the newest you know the hip hop song or something and you're just like what <laughs> it, you know you you're out of your element that that's what it that's what it feels like to yeah. me i think that's exactly like there, there's there's this another one i'm looking at it's like does anyone want a trip to godzilla spa and it's just a clip of godzilla walking out of the water towards an island like it's just I don't know. What's the joke? That's not a joke. Yeah, there's another one that says, like, it's Friday, Jet Jaguar out. And it's just like a gif of him flying away. Like, oh, okay, I <laughs> didn't know Jet Jaguar hates Fridays? What? what? There's a picture of, like, the, uh, the, the spaceships from Terra Mechagodzilla, and it says, if this is not a Walkman, what is it? Okay, first of all, that tells you how old whoever did this is, yeah. because nobody... <laughs> There you go. Of, of what thirty five knows what a Walkman is because they don't exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Here's an eight track player, guys, or eight track player, guys. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Here, who's a god? Who's a good? Okay. Yeah, I saw They're that. They're calling Godzuki yeah. Goodzuki. He's like, "Are you a Goodzuki?" I, I just I want to throw my phone against the wall right now. <laughs> ha ha. Anyway. Um. Yeah, their their social media is is something. I'm looking at one right now that's uh, <laughs> Godzilla grabbing King Ghidorah. 
And it says, it says, running over to hug a friend you haven't seen in forever. Tag a friend. Uh, I think I found my, I, I think I found my favorite ones and I'll go out on this and then Matt can share his, um, yeah. two, two right in a row. So there's one that's a, um, a picture of Mothra. And then it does that thing where it tells you it has different options for you to choose how to engage with that. And it says, um, quote this tweet. If you want to collaborate with me, heart it. If you enjoy my general energy and presence and retweet it, if you think I'm a hottie. <laughs> And then, uh, and then above that is the most officially the most baffling tweet I've seen on the Godzilla official thread, and that is just a picture of a clock, I guess from a Godzilla movie, and then the caption that they put is just an emoji of a clock. I I, I think I, I, that's just like someone having like a stroke while they're. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I think I remember that one because Matt wasn't that like everyone thought there was some kind of announcement coming. They were like, oh, tomorrow yeah. at whatever time is on the clock, that must mean there's like, they're going to announce a new movie or something. And then like that time just came and went. <laughs> and everyone was yeah, like, okay. Whoa. So it wasn't a teasing for something to happen at that time. It, it was just a clock, a picture of a clock. Uh, well, I have a, my theory is maybe it's two different people running the Twitter account and they're just, they're just sharing inside jokes that no one else understands. Cause like that would make me feel slightly better about this account, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Is that, is, Toho, just, are, is Toho not paying them? And they're just like <laughs> trying to, they're, they're just fi- trying to find ways to pass time. <laughs> okay, like so a this, cubicle. This Twitter, I feel like this Twitter account is mostly like some AI that's read boomer humor and then watched some Godzilla movies and was like, oh, this makes sense. And then just starts posting whatever jokes they think are are funny. Uh, I'm looking at one from Valentine's Day and it says roses are red, violets are blue. This flower is deadly and is about about to eat you. And it's a picture of uh, the Bioland heroes. Bioland heroes, whatever. At least I I get that as a joke. It's not good. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. Even even when like you can tell what they're going for, it's still not good. <sighs> maybe, maybe, There's a picture, of, like a picture of like a picture of like young Minya, and it says, "Your face when you overhear something you're not supposed to." Oh, oh. Okay, yeah. what? Uh, <laughs> there's a publicity still of uh, God, uh, Mothra versus Godzilla with the uh, Godzilla shooting his beam at one of the towers, and it just says Godzilla pose. All right. I know I said it was done. I know I said it was done, but I'm just I can't stop. And I'm looking at a gif hey, of, we... a gif of the scene of Godzilla and Ebera like knocking the boulder back and forth and it says boom boom volleyball. <laughs> uh here's one. It's Godzilla and Angulus like uh they're standing in the middle of like that oil refinery that's on fire, and it says "Kaiju Summoning Circle." But there, I, no one's in a circle. Uh, <laughs> there's this is this really is like a a wormhole. Uh, you can <laughs> you could probably spend an unordinary amount of time <laughs> oh oh here's one it says beware and that says content warning sensitive content it's been fl- the tweet author flagged this tweet is showing sensitive content 
I wonder what it is. It's just a picture of it, it's just Godzilla. a picture of little Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> and the, oh, <laughs> I can't stop either. I'm I'm just I'm 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 fascinated. Here's one that's uh, a gif of um, the part in Monster Zero where Godzilla and Rodan are being transported to the moon, and all it says is, what airline is this? <laughs> that was the one I was about to share. <laughs> and you know what's weird uh, about it? So like, and I'm, I'm scrolling through, and like, um, I just came upon one that is like the, um, the freeze frame of the great moment from Godzilla vs. Kong where Godzilla like, kind of laughs, you know? And then it just says, mood for Godzilla Day. How are you celebrating the big G's big day? And that's like where you're like, oh, this like, this like account's not even smart enough to snag like all the actual great memes that like came out of that. You know what I mean? Like there's like, there actually are a lot of good Godzilla memes and they're not like reappropriating those. They're trying to create their own and doing like a terrible job at it. Well, I just found the uh, January 6th and then it has the picture of the the clock. <laughs> Yeah, and then that was an, everyone thought that was like some kind of tease. It was like, oh, tomorrow at nine a.m. they're gonna drop some kind of news or something. And then like that time that's on the clock just wait. Came, I didn't even notice that. Did you say that that was on January sixth? That, well, that's that, what I was thinking. Is, like, is that, that saying Godzilla whole... is like uh, like one of the uh, capital? Yeah. Instructions? <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of uh, just even more questions now. I don't. <laughs> What is going on? Uh, here's a. <laughs> I can't stop. Um, here's one. It's uh, it's Godzilla. Rodan. It looks like he's either knocking Godzilla down or Godzilla's on the ground and he's like attacking him. And it says, "Peck your beak, stretch out your neck." Right. <laughs> I- <laughs> Uh, well, anyway, that's the uh, social media that I I don't pretend to understand. I I gotta I I gotta click out of this thing. I can't stop scrolling though. I <laughs> maybe maybe this is their plan. They're like, we're gonna make the, the the weirdest tweets ever, and then you're just gonna keep scrolling through to try to. Figure well, that's it what out. I mean. Like this thing is we're sitting here making fun of it, but I honestly I will be I I'll, I'll give them this because I can't honestly tell you if this is like a bad Twitter account or like genius. You know, like it's really hard to like. I don't know. I mean, a lot of these have, you know, a really like high number of likes. Um, so I get maybe this is just speaking some language we just don't understand. But I, I mean, to be fair, now, now that I'm scrolling through it, it does have it does have more links to merch than I thought it did. It's not just all this dumb stuff, but the dumb ones are obviously the the most fascinating elements of it. I I can't stop. I need I I need to. Okay, I I'm clicking out well, of listen, the window. Have, I need I need we to have an equally dumb thing to talk about. So. <laughs> <laughs> I did see, like, the last one I've noticed is there is one where they have um, a gif from Godzilla fighting uh, a certain monster, and it says, and they actually tweeted at WWE. It said, hey, WWE, do you think Godzilla has what it takes? And then they hashtagged pro wrestler. <laughs> did WWE say if they, <laughs> did That's they wait? That's a good question. In? Let me see if they responded. Um, I It does not look like WWE bothered to respond. I mean, if we just had, uh, what, 57-year-old Stone Cold Steve Austin Russell, I, I think a dude in a Godzilla suit could at least give it a whirl for 30 seconds. Yeah, I mean, Johnny Knoxville and, uh, also wrestled at like WrestleMania. You know, Godzilla's a bigger star than Johnny Knoxville, so come on. Robocop has shown up. Yeah, back in WCW, he did, he did indeed. Chucky. Yeah. 
Was was Pinhead there once? I think Pinhead uh, might have been there. No, before. Pinhead showed up at the MTV Movie Awards. <laughs> That's right. He also David like Spain hosted a spring break there. thing too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe that's what that was. Damn it! What, what is one of the? Two? I think it was both because yeah. the movie awards. That's where that great group, that great photo of uh, Pinhead with David Spade and Ringo Starr came from. Yes. Yeah. One Probably one of the most also. important photos ever taken. Mm-hmm. All right. <clears throat> so we're. <laughs> <laughs> we're here. Yeah, how do you t- even segue into this? I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we're here to talk about uh, a very low budget, s- straight to video, straight to straight to Tubi <laughs> uh, movie called Zilla Foot. Um, and uh, this was released by SRS Cinema who uh I mean we love them because they pick up a lot of a lot of cool obscure titles but they also pick up um anything <laughs> so uh Zilla Foot okay um, use that old joke I don't think it wasn't released it escaped <laughs> and I, I want to like correct you on something Bert because I, I this is important to me because you said it was uh, straight to Tubi but I, I want to actually read from the SRS Cinema uh, a release about this film um, Zillafoot is now live so this is from uh, April 8th uh, 2021 when it was released and uh, apparently the initial deal was it says Zillafoot is now live just 200 Blu-rays and 25 VHS have been made but if all 200 sell within the first two weeks we will expand the release to 1,000 press discs so I think it tells you something right off the left when they're like, yeah, we made 200 of these. Let's see what happens. <laughs> I would be very, very curious to hear if they if they sold those 200 and got to the the next, uh, you know, 100. And if they made or 1000, what a jump to say, if we sell 200, we'll make 1000 more. What are you doing? That, like If they did that, they've got 900 of those still sitting at the warehouse. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they, uh, like that. That's a pretty low goal. Like, you know, they'll because they'll like import like actual kaiju movies mm-hmm. and you know they'll do similar stuff but it's usually like 500 or something that's yeah. like the goal to 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 do like a wider release um as far as i know uh this movie was originally put out into the world um in 2019 it like it was way shorter it was like an hour yep <clears throat> and then i it, something very strange happened where they they ended up like saying like hey we want to do a a second like release of this or a second a second cut or a longer cut or whatever and we're taking submissions so like they got, you know, some YouTubers, uh, you know, or whatever to do, like, you know, a, a little moment that's like a few a few minutes. Um, such a kaiju fan. Kaiju fans and like, you know, like um, like indie filmmakers who are into this kind of stuff basically invited them to make additional scenes. Yeah, some of them are just like little vignettes. And then like that stretched the movie out to... 
I think it's at like an hour and 20 or something. I now. mean, thank God they're so seamless. You could never tell, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is more or less, I mean, it, this is more or less like a backyard movie. Um, and uh, we've reviewed the Conga TNT on here. This is not quite as not quite as backyard home movie as that. Um, but it, seriously, it's, yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. This at least that's one of the worst things we've ever reviewed. I'm pretty sure this at least has some kind of a screenplay or a script there. Uh, Conga TNT really was just like it really was just like amateurs improvising. Now, this is what I would describe to Trev, uh, and I'll ex- I'll have to explain what this means to not only Matt but uh, the the world. But this is what I would I would describe to Trev as a bloody nightmares movie. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm gonna make I'm gonna push that a little further in a moment. But <laughs> When do you want to explain that? Should I explain that? Yeah, you explain it because you're the you're the proud owner I'm of the, the, the Bloody Mad Nightmares uh, yeah. DVD box set. I guess I gotta like tell the entire story about why I even bought that box set. That's a funny um, story to begin with. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, I when back when I worked at Borders Borders Bookstore when it still existed, um, it was kind of like it still in the. The I don't want to call it the heyday of DVDs, but DVDs were still kind of like a little booming business. So we, so we had a whole DVD section there. And obviously I would get like an employee discount on them. And Borders actually had like a little like cult movie section. Not too big, but, you know, we get some interesting stuff from like something weird video and things like that. So, you know, I'd occasionally come across stuff. And this is also the days because the DVD market was still kind of booming. Um, Bird and I were both like huge fans of those like really cheap like Mill Creek sets. They're always like Mill Creek horror classics. And it's like, you know, $30 for 50 horror movies or, you know, um, uh, drive-in grindhouse uh, masterpiece theater or whatever, you know, 20 grindhouse movies for $15. So I would like, you know, buy those and you'd, you'd get them and be like, I'm never going to actually watch all these, but whatever, it's kind of neat to have. Uh, and also at the time, Bird and a bunch of other friends were having like regular, like crappy movie nights. So these were like perfect for those. And lo and behold, we get this set at Borders called Bloody Nightmares. And this is a 100-movie set. <laughs> and I'm looking at it, and there's a movie, by, I can't even remember what, was it called, like, Killer Tunes or something? In it for, like, whatever the case, this is how dumb I am. I was looking at this, and I was like, I've never heard of any of these. But there was one movie in there. So I know Bird loves this story. Oh, yeah. This and it was a like, great story. It was, like killer, it was like Killer Tunes or something. And I was like, oh, okay, well, there's at least one legit movie in here. So it must be, like, somewhat legit. Come to realize that is not even the movie I was thinking of. I was thinking it was Evil Tunes, which, by the way, is still not that legit of a movie. Evil Tunes is like a is like a really goofy, um, like horror Roger Rabbit made by like Fred Olin Ray. Yeah, which, but Ter- I, which Terror I asked, Tunes. Which, yeah, terror you thought Terror, terror, terror Tunes was Evil yeah. Tunes. I thought Terror Tunes was Evil Tunes. That's why I bought this set because I was like, well, it has Terror Tunes. It must be good, but I didn't realize it's not what the movie I was thinking of. Because I was like, well, that's kind of like David Carradine, Dick Miller. No, those guys are not in any of the Bloody Nightmares <laughs> movies. So uh, that then became like kind of a mission where for, I don't know, a couple of, a few years, Bird and our, uh, I and our other friends were trying to make it through that entire set. And we, we got a really good chunk of them. Yeah, we um, made it. You know, all, was, we're, 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 we're through halfway. 
Oh, yeah. Um, and there was some gems in there, actually. I mean, that's where we discovered Suburban Sasquatch, which since has actually gone on to become like a pretty big like cult uh, hit. And that's, you know, I come, was in that set. Um, we've loved Vampire Hunter. Yeah. I mean, there were some ones in there we definitely enjoyed. But for the most part, it was like purely miserable to watch those. You know, you would put those on <laughs> the other night when you wanted to like annoy people because they really were like, like Bert said, it was, uh, it was almost all like this is where we, we were fascinated by sets were like, Wow, you really can just make anything and get Mill Creek to put it out because these were just like kids with like camcorders making horror movies in their like backyard, and that's what the majority were. So that's that's when a bird says something's a play nightmares movie. I know exactly what I'm getting into. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, that is yeah, that's what this is for sure. Yeah, so. and, and I mean, we're talking like at least Zillafoot. I mean, not that it, it's particularly like. <laughs> good looking but i mean the the bloody nightmares movies some of those are from the 90s and early 2000s such shot on like video and then these were like you know third generation transfers yeah yeah yeah, zilla foot at least like you know at least now like you can shoot something on an iphone that looks Mm -hmm. okay but yeah like some of the stuff is like shot on vhs which um I guess it's almost a segue into I guess a little a little something <laughs> uh Trev was was kind of talking about in our text thread. So this is directed by uh Anthony Polonia. Now his father is an extremely prolific director yep. of those shot on video horror films which which do it, it's like smaller than your any other horror <laughs> fandom but the 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 shot on video like backyard movie does have it has a follow it has its following and a, yeah, a lot so of his dad like his dad and his uncle like his dad is mark i think yeah and then his his uncle his uncle i think the uncle passed away i, I think he did yeah but they were the polonia brothers and um they were definitely like as, as bert said they were kind of like um I don't want to call them really known names, but I mean, they're like, like little mini superstars of like that straight to video shot on video market, like going back to like the late eighties into the early nineties when that stuff was like, um, you know, it'd be like on the bottom shelf of like your, your local indie video stores. And the, and like, um, and there's a couple they've done that have become like really big kind of cult hits like splatter farm and, uh, feeders and feeders too, which I have seen, which are like these like really bad, but really fun, goofy alien movies where the, the aliens are these little like rod puppets, you know? And, and it's like, like there, there was like a real charm to like those, those, um, shot on video movies, the Polonia brothers were doing back then. And I think that's why they still have kind of a cult following and why Mark Polonia today is still kind of working, even though I, I, this sounds weird to say, but I think like the tran- the, the move over from video into like more like, um, HD and like digital kind of really removed the charm from like what he was doing. Um, and so like a lot of the stuff he's done since, I yeah. don't think it's like, cause quite... he still, he still makes, st- he's, he, make, he, he still, still makes, makes like a hundred movies a year. Yeah. And then the other thing I'll say the other, like before we start talking about this movie in particular, but well, this is still connected to it. And Bert, I, I'm guessing this is a name you, you kind of know, like the other kind of like legit name involved in Zillafoot is Brett Piper. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I was going to bring yeah. up Brett Piper because he's yeah. actually, I mean, I know him as like, Honestly, an amazing stop motion animator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, I, his stop, I mean, if stop motion was still like, if it hadn't basically been like replaced by CGI, he would, like, if Hollywood was still like making stop motion effects, he would probably be like, uh, uh, like an Oscar winner or something. But uh, yeah, I know him as, as you know, a guy that kind of does these DIY stop motion movies, which, 
Uh, I haven't seen a lot of them, but the stuff I've seen is like it, is is pretty cool, <laughs> all things considered. Um, yeah, I was he's just uh, like the special effects supervisor on this, but yeah, he's another guy who since like the since the eighties has been doing like special effects and like the B movie world. And he's directed a couple. Yeah, or, yeah, like, yeah I know. Vinig- Vinegar Syndrome is is put out some of his stuff. He had like a hot moment there in the early two thousands too, where he directed like a string of those like Misty Monday movies um, that like kind of like you know B movie skin flick. Yeah, the, the soft horror. horror movies. What was the one? Yeah, we, but, what was <laughs> what was the one we watched? It was a Spider Man parody. Oh, Spider Babe. Yeah, but yeah. He actually, but he actually she made like a couple horror movies. Like one was called Bite Me, and one was called Shakurama, and Brett Piper directed those. Um, and then he did like I remember there's like an early two thousands movie he did called Arachnia. Which has like uh, it's obviously bad, but it's like very very fun where where it's got like uh, people fighting giant spiders and yeah his movies always were like even after he left behind the kind of um, stop motion he was still having like fun like puppet stuff and everything so he, he's someone I know and like I don't know made me somewhat interested to see what was going on here <laughs> which is not much unfortunately yeah um, yeah so I don't know there's like. Sort of, I don't know. I mean, uh, within the movement that we're talking about, these these are names that are like. I guess we're trying to big. say it has more of a pedigree in this world than you might expect watching the movie. Yes, and I, and I think, and as weird as this sounds, <laughs> I think you might expect more from it given the pedigree it has <laughs> than what you get. And I know that's dumb, but, but yes. trust me. <laughs> um. So, uh, yeah, SRS are the only, that's the only company that where they'll put out this and then put out, uh, Legend of the Stardust Brothers. Um, which that's a, that, that's like a total Trev movie, by the way. Um, I think I sent you like a trailer at some, at, at some point. Anyway, so Zillafoot, uh, now that, uh, you kind of know what we're, we're walking into here, um, Uh, this falls into, I guess you could say it's a tribute <laughs> to like, you know, Godzilla and Ultraman and stuff. Um, I, I'll be honest, I had a hard time following this movie. Just, I mean, no. in, <laughs> just in general, just by it being itself, it's hard to follow, but also like, uh. One of the common themes in these uh, backyard kind of shot on video movies, like that me and Trev were talking about, like it's the whole industry. A lot of the things in those movies that bother me is the sound design, because you'll go from like a shot of one person and there's all this background noise, then like it'll switch and then, you know it'll it'll sound completely different and this has that pretty bad to the the point there's a whole character where i swear to god i didn't understand a thing he was saying <laughs> and that is uh i uh this scientist character it's the guy with the dark long hair and the glasses um the guy that looks a little bit like <laughs> mark truio from metallica um yeah, I I don't know what's going on with the you sound. You mean like the really racist one, where it's clearly like a white guy trying to play like a Japanese character. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that that uh, I couldn't understand anything this guy was saying, and he's like the main exposition uh, giver 
of the movie. <laughs> and all I could hear was just like mumbling the whole time. So that being said, oh, speaking of white guys playing Japanese guys, the the um the guy that plays like the Ultraman cipher character it's like it's like that white guy with glasses his the character's name is yamoto <laughs> so i i think they just didn't even i don't know i don't know why that guy's white and has a japanese name <laughs> you can't like do that anyway so given these uh hardships uh, I, I'll try to give uh, you guys. The, these guys chickened out early. They were like, "Nope, not doing the not doing the plot description." So I I'm can, going to you, do the very best I can. And yeah, it's not that I it's not that I like refuse to. I just I honestly didn't think I could. But all three of us together might be. Yeah, a- it could be a team effort. I'll I'll try to kick it off here. Uh, so we start with a very strange scene of these two uh, star watchers. What do you call those guys? I don't know. They're they're. I I think they're supposed to be like professional astronomers, but the one guy is just a guy in his backyard, and the other guy is a guy eating chips and drinking Sprite and making really strange noises as he eats. Wait, are you skipping the really incredible beginning, though? That's the, uh, like, the montage of, like, other SRS Oh, movies? yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, we we get a a really strange um, opening that's kind of like, I guess, an exposition dump that's basically I mean, it's, it's the same kind of thing you see in a lot of the, the universe of any a lot of kaiju movies, where it's like, ever since this point in history, you know, monster monster attacks have become common. And then we show stock footage of a bunch of Japanese uh kaiju movies. Um the independent low budget Japanese movies, Rego, Raiga, and Raiga versus Oga. Um but and then also um Attack of the Giant Teacher, another Japanese movie. Um Konga TNT, just because I guess <laughs> If you're if you're gonna, I don't know because why not? Um, which at least are all things SRS has put out, uh, and then also Gappa, which is a 1960s kaiju movie from Nikatsu, which is like a major studio movie from like an actual like like I it's not an independent film. I don't imagine they cleared the rights for that. <laughs> Uh, so I don't know because the strangest thing about this is like for each one they like put the name of the movie like on the screen like so to me that I just I thought that meant that these were all movies they had they were just trying to use this as like a commercial yeah well a bunch of those are from like actual movies that they have but then Gappa is like an actual movie from like one of the biggest studios in Japan The, the only thing I can think of that maybe made them think it might be okay is that is a movie that does show up in a lot of those like mill creek sets um Mm -hmm. the thing with a lot of japanese movies that wind up in those kinds of sets is usually the person putting out the the company putting out the box set usually miss for some reason they've been mistaken as being public domain 
Um, usually yeah. because the company that put them out in America has like gone under, like AIP or whatever. That's why some of those have like old Gamera movies on them. And uh, it's not that they're public domain and you can use. I think it's just a lot of they, they fell into those releases because the American rights holder at the time that put out whatever you know VHS tapes or whatever they're they're sourcing from is no longer there. So they assume it's public domain, and I, it it is true unless you're Toho with Godzilla. Like most of those studios don't seem to care. I'm sure. Katakawa knows that Gamera is in a bunch of like weird like cheap box sets here and they're just like whatever, you know, that's not a big a big enough battle for us to win and that is also partially why Toho is honestly a lot of the time kind of justified in how protective they are of Godzilla because it's to prevent mistakes like that from happening so that's like basically the too long explanation of why i think that probably wound up there um it's also like a black and white clip yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah that, that's weird too because it's but, not a black and white movie and none of the other clips they show from other movies are black and white either so i don't know um and uh, then we get the opening credits, which are obviously, you know, a nod to the uh, opening credits of Ultraman, you know, with the monster silhouettes and everything. Uh, so then, yeah, you, you get these two characters who I assumed would be our main characters. Um, and they, they watch a meteorite uh, land, and then uh, the guy eat, eating chips tells the guy that saw it to call the cops. I don't know, do you call poli- the police for that? And then the guy, the other guy says uh, the cops are tired of hearing from him and they blocked his number. And that's the last we ever see of those guys. <laughs> um, then we get to uh, some, some, I guess, I don't know, amateur, like, uh, Monster Watchers or something? Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't really understand who these two. You're talking about like the girl and the guy that she offers sexual favors to? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not exactly sure what they do. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah, he she calls him and she, she works in a post-production house because it's like, She's talking to some guy that's like working on a movie and she steals like their equipment and the guy's like uh you 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 can't do that and she's like oh yeah sure I can and then he's like I don't know he like slut shames her somehow I don't quite remember how <laughs> um yeah he, <laughs> he like, says his, what's he say yeah. like no wonder you're still a I don't know, he like he he slut shames her and then like demeans her position at whatever that company is. Yeah, and we don't see him ever again after that. <laughs> like he also vanishes from the movie. There's a lot going on with a recurring that theme, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, because like she wants her like friend to go out with her um into the woods to where this meteorite fell. And she she um, yeah, she says if if he does that, they'll do that thing they never did or something. Yeah, I'll do that thing you always wanted me to do. And he goes, Oh, okay. Um 
because I guess that's funny. I'm not sure if I, I yeah, I don't know if that's a sex thing or, or or what. They they mention later that they used to they used to be an item. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe it's I don't know. Never mind. You know, I'm not going to get cr- crude here. Well, like the the guy that she ends up traveling with initially is like her ex, and she just like it's just a lot of haha. He had a small penis joke, and then she meets the other guy. Uh, the racist <laughs> depiction of the <laughs> yeah of the white Japanese man, and then it's like then she's hitting on him. It's just a total. It's it's bizarre. It really is. Um. And then, uh, meanwhile, we have, like, the the government, I guess, scientists who are, like, trying to figure the whole thing out. And there's these three guys in lab, co- lab coats that go explore the, the, the meteorite site in the, the woods. And um, I think two of them get killed and one of them gets kidnapped by the aliens. There's yeah, so the, the the main scientist is actually Mark Polonia, one of the Polonia brothers, who like one of the uh, the ones who made feeders and everything. Uh, first, before they go into the woods, we should talk about the moment where he says uh, he takes him to the uh, you know I think was it twenty levels below ground in the facility, and then once they get off the elevator, and keeping in mind there are now twenty levels below ground, there are large doors behind them with sun- with sunlight streaming in. As you can tell, they just filmed this in like the hallway of like a school or something, and uh, nobody cared. Um. So yeah, so one of the scientists has been kidnapped, and then um. Yeah, the our two I guess protagonists uh they get split up, and uh, the girl ends up hanging out with the the one scientist that no one can understand. Um, and he gives her a whole bunch of exposition that, uh, no one could understand. (laughs) Um, and, uh, they end up, uh, trying to enlist the help of a white man with a Japanese name who is, like, uh, the leader or captain, I forget what the name. What I I forget what the yeah I forget what he actually is, but he's of uh, but he's like the leader of the Ultra Squad, which I'm assuming is uh, I'm assuming they're just like actual Ultraman. There's like different Ultramen. I'm assuming that's what the Ultra Squad is. They don't quite tell us, um, and so uh, he has to uh turn into the giant ultra leader and fight Zillafoot, who is a sort of half lizard, half ape monster that the aliens have sent to uh, destroy things. I guess they're trying to they say the they world. say he, they say he's half lizard and half Bigfoot, but he's but like they, all they Bigfoot. They specifically say half Godzilla though. Like okay, half Godzilla, half, half Godzilla, half, half Bigfoot. Yeah, but he's <laughs> but he's like all ape except for his hands. Yeah, he has like dinosaur hands and other than that he's like Bigfoot. Um and he doesn't do much. He he just kind of walks around um he Maybe. takes out a team of scuba divers who like they are just making fun of I'm going to talk about that scene, don't <laughs> worry. <laughs> that just make fun of I guess the fact that they're scuba divers. <laughs> um and uh, what else does he do? He just kind of walks around. <clears throat> well, we, we he kills the uh, the tank squad. We should talk about the two characters 
that probably don't belong in the movie the the uh, the army captain and the guy that like there's there's an in joke where this guy says hey I want to go see my wife she's eight months pregnant and the guy's like we've been here for three months and he's like hey it's a it's a miracle uh, he couldn't have actually oh yeah yeah the, there's military somebody. guys in in a room that just kind of um I really don't yeah I, they don't. Like I guess all he I guess I guess the one guy is like okay send this tank or whatever and then yeah the, the tanks fight Zillafoot but uh, yeah those guys don't really do anything um, and they also disappear <laughs> from the movie. There's also that like one weird scene where the guy who his wife has clearly been cheating on him because like I said they they've been there for like three years but she's like eight months pregnant or whatever. Um, there's that scene where they like bring in like another like cryptid expert. And like during that scene, if you look in the background, the guy who's like being cuckolded just for no reason, like pulls out his gun and starts holding it to the head of like another kid. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like he's thinking of shooting him and then doesn't. And it's just a weird thing that happens in the background. Yeah. No one like says anything. No. Like it's fine. Uh, yeah. And that, 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 that guy, he keeps saying cryptid zoology, but it's cryptozoology. Yeah. Don't worry about that it. That bothered me. Uh, <laughs> did you also catch the uh they, they misspelled kaiju in one of the i did like one of the signs or news it, it's they they reverse the a and the i so it's kiju huh again I, I can't tell if that's all intentional like the other thing about this movie is all, all of the, the the dialogue appears to be redubbed and i don't know if that's the joke or if it was yeah. like originally so bad that they i feel like it would be more obvious if it was a joke i feel like I think it. I I, right. I do think it is meant to be a joke. I think it's like because it's just like you know you said that there's a character Doctor Mosku who's like a, a white guy playing a Japanese character, and I think they're really trying to lean into this feeling like an old like Toho or kaiju movie that like these guys would have seen growing up on TV. So they're trying to like make it dubbed because they're like not even they're like pushing the dub pretty hard. I think in, in in the scenes that are clearly like the original scenes. Now that's not at all consistent through all the other scenes added in later. But in like the main Zilla foot parts, the dub stuff is like so obvious. I, I think it is supposed to be the joke. Okay, I, I like it's hard to, I, it's hard to tell when this movie is trying to be funny and when it's not. Honestly, well, I, I was wondering if they were like, well, this movie's an hour long. We need to add stuff to it. But in addition to that, they were going to go in and rewrite some of the dialogue because there are sequences where. The words match, but the timing is off, and there's sequences where they've clearly just completely rewritten what the person's saying. Matt, they did not bother to rewrite anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, they could have just said, make it up as you go. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't tell if it was just bad ADR or if it was like, oh, they're yeah, actually trying to like do a weird dub thing like i assumed it was just bad adr because like i'm i'm used to that kind of nonsense from <laughs> from these kinds of movies but yeah that i mean what you guys are saying would would make sense it it doesn't necessarily make it better but it, i i i guess i could see that as being a reason it makes it worse actually because like that like that idea of like Let's dub everyone. That's such it's an old joke. Movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's been like every everything has done that at this point. Um, can, can we talk about podcast guy for a second? Well, yeah, we can we talk about the the added scenes that were, uh, I guess, crowd <laughs> the crowdsourced scenes. Um, 
There's a couple of them. The yeah, there's the U- YouTuber podcaster guy. Um, there's like a couple of those. There's like a couple like scenes where it's just like a clearly like some kaiju fan who agreed to like film a scene for this, and they did it in their bedroom with all their kaiju toys. And there, you know, there's like the one guy's actually wearing like a Godzilla hat, and he has all his like figurines around him. Um. And then there's the other guy who like the head like the house collapses on him as he's like talking. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know which one uh Matt wants to refer to, but they're both atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> well the guy with the figurine okay, this is this is my question for Trev. Being the 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 filthy casual on the podcast as far as like kaiju stuff. Uh-huh. Uh when you watch that, did you ever did you get the vibe that like, oh, this actually happened, that's exactly how some of these idiots would act and behave? Or is it like, because part of me is like, if you've seen some of the, the, uh, kaiju YouTube stuff, I kind of feel like the answer is yes, to be honest. And I realize the irony of podcast guy, me talking about podcast guy and Zillafoot is not lost on me, but like, there is some, some truth to like, there's this guy surrounded by toys talking about how neat and crazy it is that this monster shows up and sort of geeking out about it. Um, I could see people behaving that way. Yeah, I have like something more to say about those scenes, but it's, it almost goes into like my my overall thesis about the movie. So it's like I don't want to really get to it yet. I mean, I did message you guys and ask if you if you guys knew who any of these people were because I just assumed maybe you did because um, they seem like maybe these are people that, like running your circles. And I don't the the you know. one guy that I I don't know him really, but I've interacted with him and I know who he is. Is the guy that uh, is in the bedroom. Uh, I think that's Raf and Shoma. Ah, um, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, okay. uh, and uh, I don't even quite remember if he's listening. I'm sorry, Raf. <laughs> I don't. Qu- I don't quite re- even remember really what what was going on in that scene. Um, other than that, these are all new faces to me. Yeah, I did didn't recognize any of them. And and if I met you and and I don't I'm really sorry I don't, <laughs> but like I well don't worry because I, they were in Zillow, but they'll have an autograph table at the next G. That <laughs> that could happen. You would be. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Travis. I wanted to hear more about your little. Uh... Like, are we have we said enough where we can just talk about our just general thoughts? Because how, how much more can we say about this? Oh yeah, I mean we we've kind of been doing that. Well, the, I I this plot uh this plot breakdown I was doing is so bad that I completely forgot I was doing one. Yeah, well that's <laughs> what the movie did, so don't worry about it. Um, the only there's two things I want to bring up. One is the movie ends on a cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah we are we're we're Zilla yeah we we get a tease for Zilla Foot Two, which sounds like a threat. <laughs> the other thing is. Why is Zillafoot operated from the like the aliens are operating Zillafoot and controlling them with which what with what like looks like a boob and the alien massaging it it's like a silicone implant or something the whole time which fits in line with all the uh, the penis jokes but like I'm not sure why that was the control mechanism and the and the, the aliens are always shot in this like weird blurry uh, I don't know what you even call I, I, it, I, like well, uh, for the control thing like. I I I don't I can't even give a title so this isn't like the the greatest statement but I have seen things where like they've they've had in movies or TV aliens like have really weird controls that like are 
are really like not like any kind of control system you'd see on Earth. So I think that's what they were going for, even though it looks like, I don't know, some weird, like, sex toy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It just looks like he's copping a field the whole time. uh, As far as, like, how the alien footage is shown, I I, I, I would be extremely surprised if that wasn't them trying to do um like their own version of like how uh, in Ultraman Ace whenever the the Yapool aliens are like yeah you know it's always like it, it anyone that's watched Ultraman Ace and that show the aliens like whenever they show them it's it's got that like weird uh like swirly effect and Ultraman Ace, it's even like harder to see them because they're behind like this weird inverted colored filter. So I, I think that's what they were going for. Yeah, that makes that. Yeah, that that definitely makes sense. Um, um but that Zilla foot, the uh, the plot anyway. I kind of. Where'd I leave off? The the <laughs> guy has to become the ultra leader guy, and then they get sucked into another dimension, I guess, which is like them fighting in space. I really don't understand why that took the place of like, you know, the actual fight that was happening on earth, but it's really hard to figure out what's happening. And I, I don't, I don't even quite remember how. It's like the other kaiju that they say is like a dinosaur, but oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, so yeah, they they they're in the woods and they're like uh, the girl and the the exposition man are in the woods and uh, they see like a like a little like insect leg moving and they're like ah it's a it's a dinosaur and they run and it's it the thing comes out and it's like it's like a giant spider thing like it it's not like any dinosaur i've ever seen but they keep calling it a dinosaur um and that it doesn't monster even look like it has a head like, it looks like just like a blob with like legs yeah and then that that's that that thing i guess kind of like attacks the city or or whatever i i don't gosh did they did they did they conclude the the, the quote-unquote dinosaur did that no the movie doesn't have a conclusion it just <laughs> stops and says coming soon zilla foot two <laughs> maybe uh, so are, are they doing like a, a a harry potter thing where like <laughs> you know here's deathly hollows one and two is this like dune or <laughs> or what i don't I mean, know maybe johnny depp will be in zilla foot two that might be where he's at now yeah so. that might be all he can get now Back on Titan, the final season, part three, that they just announced. Uh, hopefully this doesn't have. drag out as long as whatever the heck is going on with Attack on Titan. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, and then, yeah, I, I... Does Zillafoot get defeated? I, I think they just set up a battle. Yeah. I don't like, remember any, like... They like, set up a battle that they don't deliver on because they, like, tease it for a sequel. Yeah, I just remember they were like in that other dimension thing, and then it was like Zilla Foot Two is coming, and I was just like, "Huh." I, I can't, I can't dance on this anymore. Like, I hated this movie <laughs> so much. Like, I was like legit getting angry watching this. So I'm, I'm glad you. So I to the to the level of like, I don't know how, what Matt. I don't know how Matt feels today based on when he watched it. And I don't know how he's going to, what he's going to rank it on this show. But when I saw Matt gave us a two on Letterboxd, I've never wanted to punch Matt in the face more (laughs) in my life. (laughs) 
um, in the in my defense, Trev, I have a very punchable face, so it's fine. Yeah. So, Bird, you brought up Bloody Nightmares. This is going to be just a reference for you. Um, you and I have often said. Well, we had a, we had an unspoken rule about bloody nightmares. Well, I guess it wasn't unspoken because we spoke about it a lot. But we had a rule about bloody nightmares, and we, that was once we start something, we can't once turn we start it off. You can't turn it off. Yes, and that is why the worst movie I've ever seen. And I, I hesitate to even call it a movie because it's like barely a movie. <laughs> but it was it was a bloody nightmares entry called Hip Hop Locos. And that's still the case. That is still like the worst thing I've ever watched from beginning to end. And that is like a, uh, what, like a 70 minute movie. That's mostly just like these two guys, like the cameraman is in the back of a car. And the two guys in the front seat are driving around talking about how they're going to like murder someone in like really, um, exaggerated put upon like hip hop lingo. And it, and it was called hip hop locos. And it was just, it was just miserable. And I'm not going to say this is as bad as that bird, but this is like, maybe like second for me in terms of things I've seen like that I think are the worst. Like I, there was like to be almost nothing redeeming about this. And you know, I love bad movies and, oh, I, yeah. and I love like corny stuff. And this was like, there was only one funny scene in this and it, to, or like, and it, I don't want to call it funny, but like the only scene I thought was like vaguely amusing was clearly like one of the scenes added in from other people afterwards. And that was the, where they had um, the zoom call between like the priest and the military general um, where each person is like offering their plan on like what to do about Zillafoy. Like that was the only part where was like maybe like the barest hint of a smile came up my face because there's like a couple of clever jokes in that. But beyond that, everything about this was so aggravating to me because I thought this movie was so cynical. Like it was that ultimate ha ha, we're making a bad movie, so we don't have to try. We're making a bad movie to be a bad movie. And that's like the worst kind of bad movie. And that's what's really like. I don't want to say destroyed the bad movie market in like the recent years, but we we're talking about like the Polonia brothers, like this, this director's father and his uncle and how them and them and Brett Piper were kind of, um, you know, these like little like um, mavericks of like the original, like indie B movie creature feature world of like the eighties and nineties. And then you think of like the companies like full moon and trauma, there was like this real charm and effort and love of like movies and special effects and stuff that was so prevalent in the kind of B movies and bad movies of that time. And it kind of continued into the nineties and the early two thousands. And you had like the sci-fi channel making their like fun, you know, B movies. And we've talked about how we were big fans of the asylum, but as like this kind of like, um, when really like the room and birdemic took off in a big way. And suddenly there was like more of this market for like, manufactured irony and people watching bad movies to make fun of bad movies. Then you started to have this like glut of bad movies that were made to be bad movies. And those are the worst. And this is like maybe one of the most aggravating examples I've ever seen. And I just started getting so mad at it because it's so lazy. And then this idea of like, like um, farming out other sequences. This is what I want to say. So Matt, you asked me the question about like the, um, the Kaiju fans are in this. Those scenes were like so bad, but I actually kind of felt bad for him because this is where I talk about it being cynical. Is this, I, they were they were making this like shit movie for kai for the kaiju community, knowing like if we just make a bad kaiju movie, all the kaiju fans will like it, and in fact, we can probably get them to all like just give us scenes. And then all these like people, you know, these scenes aren't good, but these are like kaiju fans who are like, oh, that might be neat to, for me to be like in a kaiju movie. And then they like add their scenes, and these scenes don't match up with one another. It's there's nothing consistent about it. And the the scuba diving, I know I'm going on a rant, but just stick with me for just a little bit longer here. Uh, Bird brought that scuba diving scene earlier. That's like the ultimate example of it because you realize they just like farmed out all these extra scenes and didn't tell them like what kind of like 
what to aim for or what to do in the scenes. And in that scuba diving scene, we're watching scuba divers um, and it's like dubbed over like everything else is. And the dubbing is like making fun of the fact that they're in a bad movie. They're like, oh, it doesn't matter. We're in a bad movie. In fact, this uh, footage doesn't even match. Look how like our the color of our uh, outfits changes from shot to shot. But that's the only scene that does that. And it's like, if you're not even trying to be consistent in the level of humor through the movie, what are you doing? Why are you even bothering? So I know it seems silly for me to get this mad about Zilla foot, <laughs> but I really was. I just, I, I hated this so much, like a, like a, just a, like a passion. And I, I don't know much about SRS. I haven't seen a lot of other stuff, but to hear you say Conga TNT is even worse than this. Oh, I feel bad. like I can't even like approach these, this company. Cause it's just like <laughs> this, this movie just needs to be like set on fire. And it, it's just, it's the worst. Um, well, they, they, they have some of the stuff that they've released is like legitimately good. It's, it's usually like the, like Japanese, like, the there's a lot of japanese indie stuff that they've put out which is like really good they've they also put out like i said legend of the stardust brothers is like that's a huge cult movie in japan um uh and uh like it's almost crazy that they were able to get it um but that was made by uh, osamu tezuka's son who's like He's gone on to make like quite a few like acclaimed movies. So it, they just are like a tiny label that will put out whatever just to keep the lights on. I think now, but I, I don't know. We're we're getting off track here. I I I I think it it's worth examining the what you what you said about movies that are just made and coast off the idea that they're bad because yeah, this way he's doing it this way he's doing both right it's it's doing that and it's also taking advantage of like the kaiju fan market like how right. we called zilla foot and they'll all buy it not only will they buy it but they'll probably like film scenes for us for it it's 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 gross I don't and, know. It's, and it's it's one of those things where everyone has like i don't know i imagine everyone has a a, a line with that because like me and you like we we watch like the sharknado movies you know mm -hmm. which are very obviously like oh haha ha, we're in a dumb like we're in a, a dumb sci-fi thing so i don't know where where does that line get drawn well, remember, I guess. remember like i always push back on that a little bit though and like this that's like a hyper specific example but like as the sharknado series went on especially People would always say like, oh, this is like one of those movies that's like trying to be a bad movie. And I think you and I talked about it. And I, this is like what I said, but I can't remember if you agreed where I was like, well, I don't know that the level of humor at a certain point wasn't ha ha. Look at how bad our effects are and stuff like that. It was instead they were trying to be kind of more like a Zucker Brothers movie. Yeah, you, you could almost like, combat like, that with a lot of it. Because, I mean, what what you're saying is something that often gets thrown around whenever there's something like that you know the asylum whether it's sharknado or not you know gets accused of that all the time but I, I i do think there's a point where you can draw that line and say it's a comedy yeah um and i think there's a there's a difference between like we know we're making a low budget movie and we're and but we're just so we're just gonna like um we're gonna embrace it and have fun with it i think that's still like you say what you want about how cheap and like really kind of embarrassing full moon has become in recent years but I don't think they're like putting on airs about what they are. 
and they're like embracing their low budgets and still trying to just make fun, goofy, like puppet, you know, miniature monster movies for their fan base. But they're not the movies aren't like taking the piss out of like the fact that they're low budget. They're just embracing that budget and doing what they can with it. And I think that's what the Asylum does too. And I think that's what a lot of like the best movies in this genre do. But Zillow Foot is one of those movies that's going like, we know this is terrible and we're gonna make constant jokes about how it's terrible and we're and like that's gonna be like the 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 joke of the movie is just like look how dumb and bad this is and you're dumb for watching this yeah well and i you I, know what I, they're right because i was and i i mean even big i mean even bigger movies can be guilty of that like there's the the uh the recurring um joke in deadpool 2 where where you know he breaks the fourth wall and is always like oh that's just bad writing and like mm-hmm. i think were we doing If It Bleeds when that came out or not? I, either way, I remember what we said was, um, that's a joke like I might allow once. Mm-hmm. I might allow that once, but do that more, and it's like you're just picking at You're just picking at it. Well, it's not even like this movie, like I said, this movie doesn't do that. Like the movie has that one scene with the scuba divers, but, but I mean, it's, it's like the level of effort everywhere else, right? It's not like, they just didn't put any effort into this. It's so clear. Like this, it's just, I, I, it's so strange to compare this to Birdemic, which also you could look at and be like, wow, there's no effort there. But that like, the funny thing about Birdemic is you can tell that someone who had like a vision and doesn't know how to, um, how to pull it off. Right. And that's what's right, funny right. about the room. And that's, what's like funny about, you know, troll two is these movies are like, there was something there and like the filmmakers just didn't have it. Right. And that's what makes like the best bad movies. This just feels so lazy to me. This feels like they're, they're like, well, because it's supposed to be bad, we don't really have to even try. Because you you were mentioning how Zillafoot does nothing. That's like exactly true. Like, right? It doesn't. You get a suit. They're like, well, let's take this gorilla suit, throw lizard hands on it, and then we'll film them in front of a green screen, just kind of walking around, and then that's that's it, and we'll stop. And it's like, all right, well then, you're not. You don't want to try to be funny. You don't want to try and like do something legitimately kind of amusing at any point. Like I said, the the most amusing moments seem to come from the stuff that other people gave them. The actual like Zillafoot moments, like what you can tell is the original movie, none of that's funny or interesting at all. It's just bad. I, I think the best example, and I think Trev, you brought it up, and we haven't gotten back to it, but the the uh, undersea the scuba diver thing, uh, because they're like, oh, we're scuba divers. Oh, went from night to daytime. I hope you can't tell, kind of stuff. And they mm-hmm. say that in the movie, and it takes up like what feels like five minutes of runtime. Yeah. Um, I guess I, so I, I struggle and, and I, I struggle when I rated this movie because part of me is like, well, it's a low budget film. I don't want to come across overly harsh. And when I watched it, I wasn't thinking, thinking of it in cynical terms, I guess. I was just kind of like, I don't know what this is, but I think you're right. And I also think that like, when you make a movie like this and people, they're, they're sort of like passing it off as being this love letter to the fandom because, oh, look, we have the Ultraman credits. We have the alien with the blurry screen and, and all this stuff. But at the same point, like, there isn't really effort made in even the Zillifid sequences. He basically stands there and he gestures his hands up and down. And that's, that's sort of the extent of it. Mm-hmm. So the love and the passion that you have in stuff like, yeah, Zion, uh, silent films suck. But there's people that are actually still trying to make something that everybody can watch and have fun with. That is absent from this movie, except for as we talked about some of the sequences that were filmed by other people, and mm-hmm. I think that's absolutely true. Yeah, it is one of those things where 
I guess if someone hasn't seen it or if someone, I don't know, uh, if if someone's, someone could be listening to this and, you know, do the whole, like, well, you know, this was made with $5,000 and a digital camera, you know, it's not taking itself seriously, you know, what, what do you expect? I, like... It's not Citizen Kane. Yeah, <laughs> of course that one. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. I, I do think that we should make it clearer that I don't know. That's not really the. I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't know. That's not really the issue. I don't think. Um, like, I think it's weird when someone says they're making a movie that's like a tribute to like a genre, like like Matt, what Matt was just saying, and that's obviously like what they're pushing with this, right? Like, oh, this is a tribute to like kaiju movies but then what they're doing is they're making a movie that is like i don't want to say preying on but is like exploiting all it makes like fun the, of all, the genre it's part it's, of yes it's like spelling ex- kaiju in the like in the movie to me it's exploiting all the elements that people who don't like kaiju movies think kaiju movies are so it's weird to like say that's your tribute to kaiju movies instead of just trying to like you know, you we've all watched like better like low budget tribute to kaiju movies where they like actually build suits and try to make like a fun, real tribute to like a you know an old Japanese movie. This is this is like making fun of that. Yeah, the 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 Raiga movies that they showed like stock footage for are like, you know, they're actually like, I mean, they're they're not the best movies, but they're 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 entertaining and they have like, you know, they actually made suits and some miniatures and stuff um it's weird though i because what you're saying like um it's something that happens a lot whenever there's like a kind of more independent super low budget american kind of kaiju movie like this is like they always go for that where like i've seen japanese productions probably made with around as much money that seem more like you know hey we don't have much here but we're gonna do our best and i mean some of those even are like comedies some of them might even like be a little self-aware but it never gets to the point of what what you see here um it it seems like whenever i don't know it seems like a lot of the times americans go for really low hanging fruit when they try something like this. And I don't know if that's something they feel like they have to do or if it's just something that is getting lost in the culture or you know the aesthetics are are very Japanese for kaiju movies, you know. Yeah. I mean, you can trace that stuff back to stuff like Bunraku theater and and you know the the elaborate like the elaborate kind of puppetry that would go on there or, you know, how, you know, it just in general, Japanese art tends to uh, look at artificial looking things as not like bad. And so I don't know if, if there's like some kind of cultural thing that's getting lost there, but it, it really does seem like, you know, you see this more and more with, you know, stuff that comes out of the, the, the United States. And don't get me wrong. I don't want anyone listening to this to take the wrong idea from what I'm saying. Like, I'm not, look, I'm the most casual kaiju fan of the trio here, like in this recording. And it's, it's weird to, like that. I'm trying to like be like some defender of the genre, 
it's it's not that I think the genre is like above playful mocking, and it's not that I don't think you can make comedy movies like this. I, I and that like you can't have a good low budget movie that's playing with these tropes. But it's it's maybe it's just hard for me to describe. But if you're like listening to this and thinking I'm being too harsh about this, and I'm, I'm missing the point. I I ask you just watch this movie. Well, don't watch this movie, but watch like five minutes of it. I promise you'll see what I mean. Like this movie just feels. I don't want to say it feels mean spirited. I don't, I don't, I honestly, it's weird. Cause I don't think they're necessarily trying to do what I, what I'm accusing them of. Like, yeah, I, 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 I think, I think they were, they're they were doing that, like, but I, I don't think that, I don't think they're being malicious on purpose. I don't think they're being malicious on purpose, but I think subconsciously they embrace the idea of we've already probably got people's money because of this, what this just is in concept. And because we're making a bad movie, we don't really have to try. And that's what bothers me about it is I think, that's where the cynicism comes from. I think they were just like, the concept of this is probably funny enough and kaiju fans will like watch it and we'll, it's like a tribute and we'll just put like the barest amount of effort into it. And, and I think that's almost like, I don't know. I don't know the whole story behind the, like the making of it. So I can't, I'm just speculating now, but like the fact that it came in under like an hour and they had to like add more to it almost like seems to like speak to that to a certain level. I don't know. Uh, what I said about um, with Conga TNT, what I said about that was I can see how this was like some people getting together with their friends and doing something they thought was fun, you know, you know, a a, a neat little project for their friends and family. But not it, it. But that's what it feel. It feels like it's like oh, I'm gonna make something silly that I can show, you know at family gatherings, you know, not something that's like, oh, it's streaming on Amazon. <laughs> you know, you can <laughs> you can buy the DVD at Walmart, which you can. These are at Walmart. Uh so it 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 feels almost like something that we shouldn't be seeing, <laughs> I guess. Like it, it it feels like something that, you know, oh, look at this goofy thing we made on a weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, oh, you know, oh, you, you know, your, you know, your uncle or your brother or whatever, they're, oh, they're coming, they're bringing the kids, uh, okay, let's film something, and then, you know, next time you come over, we can watch it, like, kind of thing. Like, I used to do stuff like that when I was, um, like, in high school and stuff, is, like, me and my friends would get together and make, like, really silly stuff with, like, 20 bucks and, like, a visit to the dollar store, and it's, like, you know, we we would just do it to amuse ourselves. That's kind of how this feels to me a little bit too. Is like it 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 feels like something that you know you do on a lark and you you know your friends and family watch it and haha that was that was kind of fun. You know, it, it doesn't feel like something that like oh this is a a m- movie and you know it's on several streaming sites you can go and find it in that weird pile of stuff you never heard of at walmart like <laughs> it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel appropriate i guess i mean maybe this was just them trying to actually have fun and and i don't know it's 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 always, it's not always clear on this movie to read intent we talked about like the dubbing thing and it's like well is that a joke or is it not it's hard to tell it and sometimes when you make fun of something, there's like almost a, I, we talked about earlier how like, I'm not sure where that line is. So I could see this being 
maybe this was just like they were making fun of it and to them that's what they thought was funny um and you know that I, I think that again the most gre- egregious thing in here is probably that weird sequence with like oh look at this stock footage we're clearly using and we're making like maybe that was just a joke for them and they did think that was funny i don't know but i do think there's a, a greater conversation to be had about people who do want to make an indie kaiju film because look this like like it or not srs has put out like how beyond the fog and like great Buddha arrival there is a market for this stuff it might be small but if you were an aspiring low budget filmmaker or somebody that just wanted to try something and you were passionate about trying to make something that was you know halfway decent on you know pennies for the dollar there's a chance that that could be made and get put out by a company like srs and some other people could see it on tubi because this is streaming right now like amazon prime it's on tubi for free um yeah it's on amazon prime for free yeah so what I'm saying is, like, I think maybe if there's a silver lining here with as bad as this movie is, is like other people can make it and actually release something that would be halfway decent and creative. So that that was my kind of takeaway, because, like, I mean, we know a couple people that have worked in the film industry and they talked about their desire to make like a tokusatsu kind of film, knowing that, it would, you know, they don't have the budget for it. But if you don't have the budget for it, but you have a decent script and you have the. The, the know-how and the will to, to make something that would be kind of fun, then like there's actually a market. Yeah. I mean, I think you two are dummies and I, I'm, I guarantee you could both get together <laughs> and make a better movie than this. Well, yeah, we know people that like, I mean, we're not going to do it cause we just aren't, but I, we know people that if we decided to make a movie could probably make like a cool suit or cool miniatures and stuff. Um, would so, you have a would you have like a ten minute scene where a, like a a weird cult leader in like a red robe steals a guy's dog? And yeah, like, what was it, that? That was steals his dog. It ends up being the wrong dog. This is what I'm talking about. Like, what is that? Why why is that scene in the movie? What is it doing there? This is like so. <laughs> this is like again. I, I know I'm harping on the same points, but like this is the thing where the the call out to YouTubers and other people to add scenes in. That's what like gets my nerves too with this movie because it's like they didn't seem to give anybody any. It's like just do whatever you want and we'll figure out a way to put it in the movie. And that's where like I get the sense that you really don't care about your movie as a product. You're just looking at it as like something that you already have an audience for. So like whatever, right? Like if I was the person, if I was the you know Anthony Plony and I made this movie and I needed to like beef it out and I had this interesting idea of saying hey. Can, can I farm out scenes to other people? I would at least give them some sense of like, here's what I need the scenes to be. And let's, here's like um kind of what I'm aiming for. So there's like some level of consistency through the movie and that this does not have that. Like, so what I just described, this like weird scene about like a cult leader stealing a guy's dog. I'm not kidding. That scene is like what, like five minutes long and it has nothing at to least. do with like Zilla foot. It's just like this weird, bizarre interstitial comedy scene i don't know yeah they they mentioned that there's like a monster attack happening but that's it mm-hmm. yeah, but you know uh, what i was thinking what when you guys were talking a minute ago um i think something that gets in the way of you know that i guess the attitude of like oh we're in a bad movie and it's a bad movie i think when the I, I I feel like when the budget is low enough, people feel like that is all they can do almost. Like because because it's so cheap and it is what it is, they feel like they have to include that kind of humor to kind of 
I guess, excuse it in a way to make it acceptable that it's, you know, as cheap as what it is. And I, I think there's something either conscious or subconscious about, I don't have, I, we're not making like, we're making a, a, a monster movie with like five bucks. It's not going to have great effects. We, we, we can't afford real suits or anything like that. How do we, how do we, like, how do we make up for that to the person watching? And I think the easiest way around that to them is probably, well, if we just show them that we know that we're a bad movie, then they won't be as hard on us. Yeah, I mean, I agree, but that's what sucks now, right? That's what I'm saying. That seems like it's more of a modern thing. So I think the in the past, it was just, it would have been more like, well, here's the budget we have. Let's, like, write to it, and let's try our best to like still do something just kind of fun and like with an actual passion for yeah. movies like, I, with this budget. But now it's like, well, we have this budget. Let's just like shit on our own movie. And, yeah. And, I, that'll get, I, and that'll get an audience too. Cause people think that's funny. Right. 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 Uh-huh. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah, I don't want to using a word like, like it cowardly is hyperbolic, but it, but it, it's, it, I can see how that would be like a trap to fall in. Cause it's probably the easiest, it's probably the first and easiest thing that you can think of as a way to like, I guess, try to make up for your shortcomings. And, and yeah, I, I think that, I, I think that it's something that is probably very tempting for people that makes things like this. And I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's a lack of confidence or, or what? But I, I think that I think that's probably what happened, rather than anything malicious. Or I mean, you know, I mean, I, you know, it, I, 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 I believe you know Mark Polonia and Brett Piper and those guys like kaiju movies. Sure, you know, I mean, they 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 like it enough to know you know certain deep cut things. And but yeah, I, it, it's unfortunate that that people think that they have to do that because i mean just i don't know i mean i i would challenge them to i guess be more witty if they're gonna be funny and or i mean just just make something that's earnest and i don't know if it's bad maybe people will like it because of it because it's not bad on purpose i don't know yeah i mean if it's earnest First of all, make an earnest movie because earnest is great. But um, <laughs> if it's earnest, E A R N E S D, and you, though the charm will come through with the low budget, anyways, right? Like just make like a real monster movie, yeah. and maybe people will laugh at it, but they'll be laughing. You know, they'll be laughing with it. You know, because yeah. the and like that's that's why we love all these like these movies like Creepazoids and you know like Ticks and stuff like that. It's we we like seeing like the goofy effects of these monster movies. You don't need to like call attention to it and make up make yeah. it purposely bad. That's, that's like why people kind of like ed movie. wood you know mm-hmm. people people don't like ed wood movies because they're good <laughs> uh, people do, and people didn't find ed wood to be such a magnetic personality because you know he was making good movies that's because he was really trying and sometimes you can actually see some of that in there and and i think that there, that's kind of where a lot of the charm is but uh yeah i i don't know i i i like we said i mean we, we 
we're familiar with the shot on video kind of Z budget things. Um, I, you know, I haven't seen it, but I know, um, uh, the, the, the one Polonia, um, made some dinosaur movies like in the nineties and they were basically like dinosaur puppets in forced perspective, perspective, like in a backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't remember, it, you know, all those movies we watched in that, you know, bloody nightmares box set. I, some of them did this kind of thing, but I, I feel like a lot of them also like didn't. So I don't know. It, you don't, I guess yeah, I guess I what know. I'm trying to say like is a- you don't always have to take the obvious route of like oh well we we can't we don't have the money to make something so we'll just make fun of it. It's become like a minefield now too I think because because there is a market for this because this whole like ironic love of like bad movies became like such a big thing. Now more than ever I'd say Tubi and Amazon Prime especially are just clogged with like so many of these. There's like so many like these like cheap ass dumb we know we're bad and we don't care movies like every week, you know, debuting. And it's like even hard for like, if you are someone like us who like enjoys bad movies, but is is looking for like the kind of like the fun, earnest, um, you know, like truly charming ones. They're, they're getting harder to find because they're really more like this now. And it's, that's too bad, I think. And that's why, you know, like the kind of movies that like vinegar syndrome, these other labels put out from like the eighties and nineties. That's why people are still responding to those because, I look at everything like vinegar syndrome puts out where these are like bad movies, but like you put, you give them like a nice spiffy, like, um, you know, blu-ray and people are like, Oh, but there's like an actual charm to this because these people are putting so much effort in and they're trying so hard with like what they had. No one's, no one's going to say that about, um, Zilla foot, like not even in like 20 or 30 years, there's not going to be like some awesome, like blu-ray special edition. That's like, Oh wow. What a misunderstood masterpiece. You know, it's just, they, <laughs> they, there was, this is, this is like very, this is low effort theater here. Yeah. And I, I just to piggyback off that, I think you see that especially because, as you mentioned, like the the idea that the movie was short, they needed to pad the runtime, and the the vignettes that they gave us included seemed to have like no correlation to what else was happening in the movie. They were just like, yeah, just film something, we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. So they just there is there's a point where you say like it just feels like they didn't care. You know what's even weird? I don't know. Well, I don't know if it's weirder than the one with the the stolen dog, but there's the other one with like. The Luchador newscaster. Oh yeah, and like doesn't that one like like, like starts over or something? Yeah, they they, they they like it's it starts over he keeps like screwing up the news or something like. Yeah, it starts like over like f- a few times <laughs> so much that like I, I I don't know I feel like it's got to do it at least four times like this news it, broadcast, yeah. and then I don't know I don't I don't really understand what the joke was like is the joke that it's a guy in a a a luchador mask or is the joke is the joke that like he keeps having to start over i like i wasn't entirely sure but that that's almost the 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 strangest like little thing that seems inserted in there either does uh, or whoever maybe the interns who do the godzilla twitter directed that sequence it's just (laughs) a humor we don't understand Mm. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I never like to pick on stuff that's made with, you know, 
probably decent intent with such a low budget. I really don't, you know, uh, you know, I, it's not something I get pleasure out of, you know, um, and I'm always rooting for, you know, I think we all are. We're always kind of rooting for movies, you know, like this, um, you know, so it's, it's not, uh, I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not me. And I don't think any of us really are. We're not like picking on it on purpose, you know? Um, but it, it's, it really is just kind of like a, wow. I, I, you know, I, I, Brett Piper and Apollonia, like, yeah, I, I'm, I have no reason not to want to root for people like that. <laughs> you know, there, there is a little bit of a pedigree behind some of the names involved in this. So, you know, it's not just a, oh, it's cheap and it stinks kind of perspective that I'm coming at it. it it's more, I'm just bummed that, like, oh, wow, like these guys. I wish they did more with yeah. it, you know. I'll pick on it. It's bad and there's no reason to ever watch it. Like <laughs> even if even if you think you're like a fan of like these kind of if you're a fan of B movies and you're a fan of like you know, uh, low budget fare and stuff, you might be like, "Ah, oh, these I'm sure he's wrong. I'm sure there's like some enjoyment to be had here." No, it's this is there's like better versions of this to watch. This is really just a waste of your time, I think. Yeah. Yeah, this this was just a this was a misfire. Um <laughs> well, and, how many uh what's what's a good rating scale for this one? How many um kidnapped chihuahuas? <laughs> that's actually that is, yeah, that's that I was gonna say <laughs> spider dinosaurs or something, but kidnapped chihuahuas is, is good. Yeah. But I wanna go first. I uh Trev mentioned earlier my letterbox score and and like Bird, like for me this is something where I really struggled to to it's hard for me to rate a, a movie made with like pennies on the dollar and especially a movie like this where like I wasn't always clear on the intent, but thinking about it, um I didn't really enjoy it. There's some moments that did make me smile, but very few and far between. And for an hour and 20 minutes, I did think it was like three hours. Like it, <laughs> it feels longer than it is. So I ended up at a one out of five kidnapped chihuahuas. And, uh, and a lot of that. Oh, the jokes, The low hanging fruit, like the humor, most of it, all of it doesn't really hit. Um, yeah, it's just, it's not great. Um, I didn't like it. <laughs> um, there's been movies I've liked less. Um, and every now and then, I, I, I like, I think both of you, I, I did find it kind of a struggle to, to sit through the whole thing, especially by myself. You know, I think if I was with you guys or, or something, we, we might have been able to liven the viewing up a little. Um, but uh yeah I, I i did struggle to kind of get through it you know by the end i was i was definitely getting a little antsy which isn't good for something under an hour and a half but um every now and then i would be mildly amused by some some misguided diversion that it would throw uh so i don't know i went with a i went with a 1 it probably does deserve more of a half but you know i'm i'm also okay settling with the 1 um, I mean, I'll give it a three. I think, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's no. pretty, yeah, it's pretty good, huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with a half. I don't want to give it a zero because it's like, you gotta, I, I like zero is like, if like, like the devil made a movie starring Hitler, you know, it's like, I, if you, 
I, I know I said it's like very low effort and everything, but I mean, I, I don't know. They like got some actors together and they made a suit. I'll give them the barest minimum here. And that half is kind of that half is kind of like I said. There's there is the one scene which I know is one of the farmed out scenes, but there is there is a moment like with a Zoom call with which I can't remember like what it was about that scene. I just think there's like two jokes in there that actually made me laugh. So that's enough to get get a half star for me. But this is like. I would never even dream of like rewatching this, like yeah. not even in a group set. And like Bird just mentioned the thing about like, well, maybe it's because we were watching it alone. But Bird has, has often like given me like a hard time about I'm a weirdo who I will watch bad movies by myself all the time. Like I don't even I don't even need the group setting. So that that wasn't like an impediment or, you know, <laughs> it's not an impediment for me usually. So um, I this like like Bird said, this was like a struggle. I was really having a hard time with this one. I didn't really. Every time when Bird invites me on this show, it's because he knows I am like a like a bad movie connoisseur. And usually I'm like more fun about these. But uh, so I didn't mean to be like such a I didn't mean to be such an angry downer on this. But this this really was this was rough. Yeah. Um, And, uh, you know, I know this is probably, as you said, bad first impressions for a label like SRS. But they, they really do have some good stuff out there. It's just one of those companies that they they release a lot of stuff. And sometimes they're Zillafoot, other times they're Howl from Beyond the Fog, which is a legitimate masterpiece, in my opinion. Um, and, and, you know, in, in SR, like Ron, who runs SRS, he's been on our show. Um, you know, he, he's, he's, he's good people. Avery, who does a lot of their, uh, uh, I guess, publicity. I mean, we know him decently well. He's a really good guy, you know, but uh, I, I can't deny my heart. So... Here's a, here's a question. If Zillafoot 2 gets made, what do we do? <laughs> could, could, should we make a pact now to endure it together? Uh, I'm, I'm here to make Trev suffer. So uh, I'm, I'm a, uh, at this point, it's the sunk cost fallacy where, all right, unfortunately, uh, I have to see the next iteration partially mainly because the podcast and the other part is just because you know trev's gonna watch it and we're gonna make him suffer well he hasn't agreed to this yet i'm this is an open ended this is an open question Trev's a good sport though Trev's a good sport i feel like he he will this is this this is where it sucks that i'm friends with you guys because yeah like in in like in a normal world i would just tell you right now like no i'm not gonna watch a sequel to this but the only reason i probably would is because you guys would want to do another episode (laughs) all right I mean, that said, I did, I did manage to avoid, I didn't watch the other Godzilla animes. I tapped out after the first one, even, even though I was on the episode for the first one. So who knows? Sometimes I can like get away from it. Well, but. put it on the record that Trev is willing to come back for a second Zilla foot, but he wasn't willing to come back for more of the Godzilla anime trilogy. Yeah, I couldn't do it. That <laughs> <one>. <laughs> so I yeah. can't, I, I, that, that's a, that, that I don't know. I, I don't know what that statement means. I don't know what it means to Trev. I think we should let the listeners decide. Take I, think that. The, I think it's because it's, I would say the Godzilla anime was probably better than this, but I think this generated a more interesting discussion. Well, we, had, yeah. actually, we had like a really good talk here about like what it means to make a low budget movie. Whereas the Godzilla anime, we we're all just like, well, that was a, that was a thing that I watched. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm always rooting for a good backyard movie, but, uh, mm-hmm. let's, uh, you know, maybe, maybe they'll come out, maybe Zillafoot 2 will be, like, the devil's rejects to House of a Thousand Corpses. Like, maybe it'll just knock us all out. Yeah, could be. 
Um, all right, so we'll let we'll let people chew on that, and um, I, I guess we'll see you next time. I j- we're uh, an hour and fifty minutes, and at first I was like, oh my gosh, but then I realized we talked about a lot of stuff before we talked about Zilla Foot, so I don't quite feel like I've robbed everyone of too much of their time. But we we had our time robbed, so <laughs> everyone else can suffer a little bit too. All right. Well, that's Zilla Foot, everybody. Uh, I guess. I guess. Let's let's. Well, get wait, out wait. Of can here. I throw? Can I well, hold on a second? Can I throw out like a plugs? For yeah. Yes. Show? Plug yeah, away. Yeah. You got all kinds of stuff going on. Yeah. So just just a reminder. Uh, so I have two other podcasts: uh, Days of Future podcast, examining the X Men, which is me and my buddy Joe talking about all things X Men, um, the movies, the toys, the games, the shows, the comics, of course. And then uh, failure to franchise. Oh, I always feel like I'm not enunciating that failure to franchise. <laughs> the show with me and my buddy Chris talking about movies that were meant to start franchises and didn't. Hey, when's this episode dropping? Uh, like soonish? Within two weeks. Okay, yeah. So if you tune in to us uh, around this time uh, in the month of April, we like to have themed months, and we are doing um, April Showers Brings April Powers, where we're looking at two failed superhero movies. Uh, the second one is Sky High. And interestingly enough, the first one, this was just a happy coincidence because we already had this planned. Our first April episode is Hancock, and you might have heard some stuff about the star of that movie recently, so maybe we'll talk about some of that. I'm surprised we went through this whole podcast until now without a reference to Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. I, I mean, yeah, you know. I mean, I think we all are we all are talked out of it, but uh, we'll, <laughs> of course, uh, Chris and I will still be covering it in our Hancock um, episode. And, uh... Yeah, Trev, you're 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 a busy man. You uh, he uh, you also have you have a recurring column in John Lemay's Lost yeah. Films fanzine, and also mm-hmm. um, I want you to talk about uh, the you just had an essay in a, a book, right? That's out now, I think, right? Uh, yeah, I wrote an essay about um, George Romero's uh, comic book work. Um, so hold on. Oddly enough, I have to like bring up the title of this book because they changed the title on us after we all wrote our essays. Um, but I wrote an essay about George Romero. Not many people know that he wrote a couple miniseries set in his dead universe, one for DC and one for Marvel. And I actually ended up um, writing an essay about the transmedia properties of that. So transmedia is when you are specifically trying to create a media piece that goes across multiple media forms. So, you know, you have like the movies, but then there's also the TV shows and the comic books and they all exist together in that world. And uh, so I have an essay about that in the book. And the title of that book is uh, Critical Approaches to Comic Horror Books, Red Ink in the Gutter. Um, it's an academic book from Rutledge uh, Publishing, so it's it's very, very expensive. But there's any teachers out there who want to get like a really nice academic book full of essays from academics about uh, you know horror comic books, check it out. I've got an essay in there. Well, I'm sure the I'm sure the diehard Trev heads out there—that's what you call them, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm Trev sure heads. they'll 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 pay top dollar. Look, instead of buying one of your uh, you know three hundred dollar Godzilla statues this month, maybe you want to plunk down on this book instead. Yeah, you know, get learned instead of instead of uh, college funding the the new Gigan suit. Spend money on Trev's book. Yeah, don't do, if, if you yeah. you know what. Send me like a receipt for the book, and uh, maybe I'll build a suit and make a short film. <laughs> Uh, and then charge you more to see it. All right. Well, <laughs> uh, so yes, Trev's all over these days. Um, and uh, I, I guess, um, yeah, we'll, 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 
talk to everybody next time. Mm-hmm. See you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Kaiju Transmissions podcast. Please take a moment to rate and review us on iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher. Make sure to subscribe for all the latest episodes. You can also check us out on Twitter at KT underscore podcast. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Kaiju Transmissions. And you can email us at kaijutransmissions at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments. And we will see you next time.